Welcome to Tom Blazers. My next guest loves the employee experience. It's her jam. With almost 20 years experience in human resources, spanning talent acquisition, talent management, employee experience, employer brand, and generalist roles, she's led award-winning transformations and teams. These days, she's often partnering with tech companies and amazing organizations like Atlassian, Colchamp, and even our tech company video, My Job, to help leaders and individuals understand how being and living connected lives makes us individually more fulfilled and organizationally drives business performance. A workshop specialist and amazing facilitator, Alana Bennett, welcome to Talent Blazers. Oh, what an introduction. Thank you so much for having me, David. No worries. I'm really looking forward to this one. We're going to be talking about unpacking various ways to draw out a line and execute a meaningful EVP. Uh, so it should be a great episode. Um, before we jump into it, do you mind sharing a little bit about your business, Connected Experience? Yeah, I'd love to. Uh, so as, as you've outlined, I'm uh, super passionate about what I call the human experience. And, and I believe that it's really unique and multifaceted. And, you know, success truly comes when organisations can connect all parts of the experience with the individuals in the business. So I provide a range of services, as, as you've alluded to, really looking at helping businesses improve the experience for the humans that are within their care. Um, and my philosophy is that uh, we do this in a way of kind of co-design, you know, with organisations, not for them. The aim is really to be able to build that capability within the team so they continue to optimise and enhance this experience over time. So the type of work that I'm doing at the moment is I'm doing employee experience strategy and design, uh, EVP, employer brand strategy work, leadership development programs, uh, facilitating and coaching. It's really quite a mixed bag, which I absolutely love. Uh, however, everything I do is really with this deep lens of how do you humanise the experience of work? I mean, this is what I'm really, truly passionate about. Yeah. And you're good at it too, because we've got you in it for doing my job and had some really Thank good experiences you. with you. We're going to hone in though on EVP. Yeah. So companies are coming to you saying, yeah. um, hey, we need to do an EVP or we've got an EVP. Um, how, how do you structure a meaningful workshop to really unearth an EVP as people are going through that journey? Yeah, absolutely. Look, first of all, we have to start with a why. You know, why is the organisation embarking on this activity? Has the nature of their business changed? Uh, is it being driven by the market and the competitive nature of attracting great talent? Um, or actually, is there a retention challenge in the organisation? And, and it's really important to be clear on what the why piece because you want to get buying for this work from the business. You know, I always say EVP is not one single person's responsibility. It's the whole organization's responsibility and so if you aren't clear on that why and people aren't buying into it it's super hard to get traction uh, and, and really bring it to life over time uh, before the workshop, uh, one of the critical pieces uh, of work is really starting with what I call desktop research, which some people go, oh, boring stuff. But you want to learn as much as you can about the current EVP and experience before you kind of start moving into that kind of interview phase. And this is really important. So you start to build that baseline. Uh, plus, the reality is when you get to interviewing and doing kind of workshops and focus groups, you want to be unearthing new insights. So what you don't want to do is rehash something that the organisation already knows because of data that they've already collected. Um, as part of the kind of prep for the workshops, I would also include a, a stage of 
uh, interviewing key stakeholders. In my experience, there are always stakeholders in organisations that either are really deeply passionate about this stuff or they're really influential in terms of bringing it to life. And so capturing their insights and their needs as part of this, it's, it's not only just good practice from you know, an engagement and buying perspective, but it just also makes sure that you get really good rounded, rounded insights. Um, having done all of that, and you're advocating for different types of questions for the for the executives. Correct. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So you you want to think about EVP from their perspective. So um, I always think about uh, EVP having multi facets of uh, importance depending on where you are in the organisation. And and the reality is, if you're a leader in an organisation and a senior leader, you play a really critical role in in role modelling that EVP, the way you behave, the way you talk about it, the way you sell it from a candidate perspective. And so therefore getting their perspective on it in that with that lens in mind is really important step in, in terms of building out the process. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, gotcha. And how do you and how do you go about distilling like the myths that do exist with with employees? How do you um, advocate for people to get over that hump? Yeah, look, without a doubt, I think the, the one piece you can't miss when you do EVP is getting a sense of what the lived experience is for people currently in the organisation. And it's this really tricky tension, right, when, I, when we talk about EVP around the tension between the current lived experience and the tension around what you might aspire to be. And you can have an EVP that sits in both of those camps, right? What you need to do is you need to balance that though so that it's not too aspirational that the people that are in your business are going, man, you guys are crazy. That is so far from what the experience is like. Or maybe it's actually not aspirational enough. So, you know, the people that are in the business are going, okay, you're nailing all of this. So what? Like what's next? Like inspire me, make me feel like this is an exciting place to be. So I, I think, you know, when you think about some of the myths when people come in to participate into workshops, they, you know, they can have a bit of a, oh, yeah, you know, what will we walk out is, do you really believe it? Are you going to sell us something that, you know, isn't mm. real? And I think it is being able to balance, uh, you know, balance that tension. The other thing that I would also say is be really transparent with the people in your business around why you're doing this in the first place, which is why I say articulating and being really crystal clear on your why at the front point is so important because if you go into focus groups and say, this is why we're doing it. This is why this is important to us and why you're all here. Then you tend to get people on board. There are very few people in my experience that walk out and go, don't believe it. I can't see that that's an issue and, you know, they won't, don't want to be involved. So I think as much as you can be transparent around the why and how you'll use it and then manage that balance around lived experience and aspirational experience, I think you tend to kind of be able to convert most people who might be sitting in that, I'm not so sure about this this space. Yeah. So there's there's some big companies out there and um, mm. and doing an EVP in various regions or like across many skill sets or or to meet uh, various um, yeah important uh, you know items that they want to be able to hit. How do you get them to to just center into what what is um, something they can they can they can chew off more so than and um, than not. Yeah. So look, I'm a massive fan of keeping it really simple. I think when you overcomplicate it and when you take it to make it too big, people can't bring it to life. And so 
the uh, the ability throughout the um, focus group stages, so really understanding that lived experience, then, you know, the, the, the critical step of saying, what's our growth strategy? Where are we going? And, and, and how do therefore the two of these come together uh, starts to then bring you into this kind of, you know, theming phase. So what are the pieces that are really important to bring the EVP to life? Um, and, and so I think through that, it is about less is more. It is about saying, what are the elements of our EVP that, uh, really critical and, and real competitive advantages to this organisation. So one of the things that I do in the workshop is your current employees know your competitors best. Like, let's be absolutely honest, right? So they're the ones that can say, actually, what is it that is amazing about this place? The reason why I'm still here and I'm not going to my competitor, you need to unearth a lot of that so that you can start to really, you know, enhance and bring that to life. Um and so I think it's a combination of saying, what are the what are the elements of this organisation that are really unique to us? You keep it really nice and simple. The other piece that um, I also talk a lot when I when we when we talk about um, uh, kind of per- personas and cohorts, you know, whose experience do you want to understand? Is I'm actually moving away from using this idea of personas. And, and so when I, when I say personas, I'm thinking about your typical, you know, what's the experience of an individual contributor versus a leader, as an example. And, okay. and the reason being is whilst they can be really tactical in terms of design experiences, it makes it easy to do that because we go, this is the leader, this is their experience. They're actually very binary in their nature and can really kind of box people in. And so... In my experience, what I found is because of that real binary nature, they don't have the same impact in application because of that narrowness. So the way that I like to think about it is, again, recognising that the one thing that is beautiful about all of us is that we're human and we're totally unique and there's so many multi-dimensions to us. So as a result, you can't really just capture someone in a persona, right? Yes, I can be a leader, but I'm also a mum, I'm an avid baker, I'm deeply passionate about the communities that I'm a part of. How does that fall into play when we start to think about experiences? Um, and, and Bain and Co have actually done some really interesting research recently thinking about archetypes. Uh, and, and this is the path that I'm going down with my clients is to think about what are the mindsets of the people in your organisation? And if you understand those mindsets, how would you design experiences that would cater to those mindsets? So, you know, a, a good example might be that you might say, you know, one of our particular focus areas is people that are early career and in terms of that that career stage. Uh, But you might also say, actually, we want to look at early career, but people who uh, we consider as a mindset of, uh, you know, a striver, they're really hungry for growth and development. They, uh, they, they always want that next opportunity. So what experience might you create if you've got that multi-dimensional of an early career and a striver? And, and, and that would be the experience that I would be designing and thinking about my EVP in that lens of a, a more multi-dimensional kind of cohort rather than thinking the kind of you know, buckets of individual contributor or, or leader. Um, it, I know it can sound overwhelming and people go, oh, I don't even know where to start. But I think, it, again, I'm a big fan of people. Yeah, it makes sense. So it does. Yeah, it makes sense. Because yeah. ultimately you want to operationalise your EVP and you're looking for those opportunities to be able to do that and empowering those leaders so that you you are really clear. Um, 
Exactly. How do you think about operationalizing uh, the EVP? Like mm. may, maybe, um, you know, moving forward, you know, I call it the incubation process where you've got all the data, yep. you've got all the insights, and now you're looking to, um, you know, empower people within the business to communicate your EVP. Um, yep. Do you, how do, when companies are at that stage, what do you recommend uh, if they were engaging with you? Yeah. So, so what I would do is um, we've gotten to the stage where, as you mentioned, we've done all the insights. We've also identified these kind of cohorts that we've got particular interest around. And so, again, if we keep with a similar example of, you know, let's say this kind of early career with a mindset of striver is I would be going into kind of experimentation phase. So the one thing that I think is so super critical that people think about with EVP, it, it is never fixed. It never stops. It never, yeah. once it's done, that's that like that is just not the case and so the benefit of doing it in this way where you keep it really flexible and experiment and continue to optimize and innovate over time means that you're always keeping it really fresh and really in your organization so I would be going who what are the parts of our business that have this particular kind of mindset or archetype and I'd be doing an experiment I'd say let's experiment on from a candidate pers- candidate experience perspective, how the EVP might show up for this particular mindset. Um, and I would just do some little pockets of experiment um, to, to, to really help leaders get comfortable with using a new EVP, talking about it. Um, you know, I would do lots of, um, you know, kind of information sharing sessions about, okay, this is what it was, but this is now what it is. And so how do we talk about it? What does that mean for me as a leader? The, the thing that is so critical that, you know, I think we often uh, forget when it comes to EVP and, and, in fact, probably everything from an employee experience perspective is you can design these beautiful, amazing uh, experiences and messaging and the, the creatives can just be like totally wow. If your leader cannot bring that to life and can't, cannot articulate it, it's kind of meaningless, right? The the branding on your website, the branding externally will get you to a certain point. When someone is then in your organization, you are you are putting all of your effort and energy and 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 kind of you're literally kind of saying to the leader, okay, you've got the keys to the car now. You need to make sure that yeah. you can drive, right? And so if you're not investing in helping them really connect with the EVP and bring it to life, um, then you're at real risk of having done some amazing work that you know, essentially doesn't get executed. Um, mm. I, do, I do think about leaders' roles at the moment, you know, in how much they've changed over, over the last, and thinking about from a capability perspective, uh, you know, they're, they're quasi-salesmen, pitchers, uh, you know, event managers now that, you know, more than ever, I think, in the market that, uh, that we're operating in. Mm. Yeah, you bring up a really interesting point because employee brand are, are stuck in this place where they really want to f- help talent acquisition. Typically, they're sitting within talent acquisition, aren't they? They would love to be, some of them uh, are um, sitting within marketing uh, as well or internal comms, but the majority are in talent acquisition. And time to hire is mm. hot, right? Like they all want time to hire. Yeah. But from an employer brand perspective, I really feel like it is shifting and it's more around, um, you know, the time tracking the time that the person uh, or the successful applicant applies. And and for me, I feel like that's, you know, the moment that the keys are handed over to someone, not yeah. when, it, like, the time to hire. It's like, when did that applicant actually apply? And how can you associate yeah. that with the messages that you're putting out? 
Absolutely. I couldn't agree more with you. I think the reality is as soon as someone has shown an interest in your organisation, that, that time is on. You have started and you need to keep your finger hot on that pulse. You know, I, I use this, and I may have shared this with you before, David, but I use this analogy of, you know, recruitment being like dating. So, you know, you meet someone and over time you slowly start to get to know each other and you fall in love. It is no different. It is, you know, when you think about that emotional investment and, and you know, the and even, even if you yourself have been in a process where you're kind of waiting for someone to get back to you, you know, people are kind of on tender hooks going, I'm really invested in this job. I really like it. And they're either getting nothing or they're getting so superbly dated from someone else that no one else is getting a looking, right? And we all know those organisations that do it well. We all know those friends that go on those amazing dates and like, oh my God, this person totally wowed me. And those dates where people are going, I am never (laughs) seeing that person again for the rest of my life. Like, let's be really clear, the absolute same happens uh, from an employment relationship perspective. So it's super, super important. And and your your point is so valid around where it sits because it's, you know, I've always said, you know, employment branding is to recruitment like, you know, marketing is to sales. You can't have one without the other. It just doesn't work. With the introduction of now employee experience, the way that I think about it is you've got your EVP that kind of sits in the middle. Um, your employment branding is essentially really your external articulation of why should you join us? What is, what, what's amazing about working here? And then your employee experience, the EX, is kind of the internal articulation of why is it so great to work here? Why am I staying here? And the three have to sit in this kind of beautiful, beautiful circle and be so closely talking so that they're never disconnected, so that you haven't got this experience of someone having, you know, been dated through that recruitment or that candidate experience and then getting in and going, oh man, this wasn't what I bought on the packet, right? Like this isn't kind of what I was signed up for. Um, So it's a really really kind of tight relationship that needs to sit across all those parties. And companies can win on culture. They can win on culture. That is all it takes. Yeah. Well, um, Alana, it's been an absolute pleasure to to sit down with you and have a chat. Thank you for joining our Talent Places. Thank you so much for having me.